well hello everybody <laughs> how are you how are you all diddling hopefully all amazingly good it is my sister's baby's birthday today it's his first birthday one years old he's been on this planet a whole year Oh my goodness, it doesn't seem possible. So I have a happy birthday to say. So happy birthday, Ronan. Oh, my squidgy little roly-poly nephew. Oh, he's so gorgeous. Um, So happy birthday. And I will see you later on today at some point. <laughs> but until then, you have me reading you a story. So there you go. <laughs> so... Um, who's ready for another fun fact? Hmm? Well, today's fun fact is about something that's very, very old. And no, it's not me. Me, I am 31. So I am old, just not as old as this living creature. So... Lots of you are five and six and four and all different ages. But I bet, absolutely 100% bet, that none of you are as old as this creature. So the oldest known living, so he's still alive, living animal on the earth is a tortoise called Timothy. <laughs> No, Jonathan, sorry, not Timothy. Not where I got Timothy from. Um, no, he's called Jonathan. He's the same, he's got the same name as one of my brothers, which is weird. But he is, can you guess how old he is? It's amazing. He is a hundred and eighty-seven years old. <gasps> Oh my goodness, imagine being that old, bless him. And he lives on a, on a um, St. Helena in the Atlantic Ocean. Um, and he's lived there since 1882. He was born in 1832, so when he was 50, he, li he started living on St. Helena. And he's lived there ever since. And he lives a grand old life. Fancy being that age. Did any of you guess how old I was going to say? I bet you didn't. I bet you thought it was going to be possibly 100. But definitely not 187. It's only a few more years and he's 200. Oh my goodness. I don't think I'd like to live till 200. <laughs> Oh, dear me. Imagine how wrinkly I'd be. Oh, no, I don't even want to know. So, tomorrow, I have tomorrow's fun fact already. And I'm apologising now beforehand because, to all the parents out there because it's a, about poop. So, I know parents don't like poop, but... Children do, for some unknown reason. They seem to think poop is funny. So tomorrow's fun fact is a little bit about poop. <laughs> so I apologise to all the parents now.
Any old how, we need to read the story, don't we? So, we are... Can you, can you remember last time? The uh, children, uh, Moonface and Silky, were, and the animals, were all locked in a cupboard. In a tiny, tiny little room. So, they need to escape. But how are they going to do it? Well, chapter 21 is called Silky's Clock is Very Clever. So maybe Silky's Clock helps them escape. Here goes. Joe sat hunched up near to Moonface. Sil Silky, Beth and Franny talked together. The white goat sat on Beth's knee and slept. The seven hens tried to scratch the hard floor and clucked softly. Where's my clock? said Silky suddenly. Everyone looked round the room for it. It wasn't there. It must have been left back behind in the schoolroom, said Joe. Never mind, Silky, you may get it back if we get out of here in three hours' time. I hope so, said Silky. It was a nice clock and I liked it having feet to walk about on. Well, it's lucky it's not to be locked up like us, said Joe gloomily. If there was a window in this silly round room, we might break it and escape through that. But there isn't even a small window. And there isn't even a fireplace either, said Moonface. If there was, we might squeeze up the chimney. Listen, he said suddenly. There's someone knocking at the door. They listened. Certainly there was someone outside knocking gently. Come in if you can, said Moonface. Unlock the door if the key's left in. But the key wasn't left in. Oh no, Dame Snap had taken that away, you may be sure. Who's there? asked Silky. Ding dong, ding dong, said a voice softly. It's my clock, cried Silky excitedly. It's come to join us. Oh, said Moonface, his big face going red with joy. Tell your clock to go and get the key from somewhere and let us out, Silky. That's no good, said Silky. I noticed that Dame Snap wore all her keys on a string that hung from her waist. The clock could never get our key from her. Oh, said Moonface sadly. Everybody thought hard. Ding dong, ding dong, said the clock outside and knocked again. Look here, clock, it isn't any good your dinging and donging and knocking to get in, called Joe. We're locked into this room and we haven't got a key to get us out. Dong, said the clock dolefully. And then it gave an excited ding and began to dance about on its big feet up and down with the little door in its wide back open. Whatever is that clock doing, said Silky in astonishment. <laughs> Warming its feet up, I think, said Franny with a giggle. But it wasn't, for it was an old clock that had to be wound up with its own key and it was jumping about trying to jolt its own key off the little hook inside. At last it managed to do it. Clang! The key fell to the ground. Whatever is your clock doing? said Joe to Silky, 
It must have gone mad. It hadn't. It was being very sensible. It kicked at the key with one of its feet and the key slid under the door and into the room where the children were. Oh, look, said Moonface in astonishment. Your clock has jiggled its key off the hook and kicked it under the door, Silky. Really, it's a most peculiar clock. Joe snatched up the key. It might fit the door, he said. He tried it in the lock. It almost turned, but not quite. He was dreadfully disappointed. But Moonface grinned. He took the key and rubbed it with a little magic powder that he kept in a box in his pocket. Now try it, he said. So Joe slipped it into the lock once more and it turned right round and unlocked the door. They crowded quietly out of the room, Joe taking the clock's key with him, Silky giving the clock a hug and it said ding dong quite loudly with joy. Shh, said Silky, don't make a sound. We'll try and find our aeroplane, said Joe. Let's try to get out of a door into the garden. We shall soon find it then. <gasps> they tiptoed down a long passage. But just as they got to the end, who should they see coming along but old Dame Snap herself? Quick, hide behind these curtains, said Joe. They slipped behind them. But... Dame Snap had heard something and came up to the curtains. She was going to pull them apart when Silky's clock walked out, shouted ding dong in her ear and trod on her toes. Dame Snap gave a shout of rage and she kicked out at the clock, but she missed and it ran away down the passage with Dame Snap running after it. Oh, good old clock, said Silky joyfully. It just walked out and ding-donged in time. Another minute and we would all have been found. Come on, said Moonface, peeping out of the curtains. We'd better do our best to get into the garden now, whilst the old dame is out of the way. They tiptoed down a long room and came to a door leading into the garden. Just as Joe was going to open it, he pushed them all quickly back into the room. Dame Snap is coming in here, he whispered. Quick, hide behind the furniture. So, quick as lightning, everyone crouched down behind the sofas and chairs, whilst Dame Snap opened the door and came in grumbling. Wait till I get that clock. And at that very moment, the clock came running in on its flat feet and ding-donged very rudely at her. Dame Snap picked up her long skirts and tore down the long room and up the passage after it. The children and Moonface and Silky, the hens and the goat, rushed to the garden door, opened it and crowded out into the garden. Find the aeroplane quick, cried Joe. They ran down the path and looked for the shining aeroplane. There it is, shouted Moonface, pointing to the plane, standing waiting on the smooth grass. They all ran to it and squeezed in. I don't like leaving my clock behind, said Silky. It has been so clever. I wonder where it is. 
Look, there it is with old Dame Snap after it, cried Joe. Sure enough, they saw the clock come waddling out from behind a bush, chiming hard, and Dame Snap was after it, panting and very red in the face. The clock dodged neatly round a bush, Dame Snap tripped over a stone and fell down. The clock shot away to the aeroplane and Silky helped it in. It sank down into a corner and chimed 63 times without stopping. But this time, nobody minded. They thought the clock was really quite a hero. Dame Snap picked herself up and ran towards the aeroplane. Joe pressed the up handle. The engine started to whir and hum. The aeroplane quivered and shook. It rose gently into the air and left Dame Snap below, looking very angry indeed. Answer this question, shouted Moonface, leaning overboard. If five people, seven hens, one white goat and a clock go up in an aeroplane, write down how many times Dame Snap will have shouted at them by the time they get home. Everyone giggled. Do be careful where we land next time, said Beth. We really must get home soon. I think I know where we are now, said Moonface, as they flew over a curious land where the trees were yellow and the grass was pink. If you can fly straight on till you come to a silver tower, then fly right till you come to the land of seagulls, then to the left over the three bears wood, we shall soon be home. Right, said Joe. He watched out for the silver tower, and when he saw it tall and gleaming, he pressed the handle marked to the right and flew on till he came to the land of seagulls. This was quite easy to know, for all around and about, flying on snow-white wings, were hundreds of magnificent gulls. The aeroplane had to go slowly through the crowds of lovely birds. Joe flew to the left, and soon they were over the three bears' wood and saw the rose-covered cottage where Goldilocks lived with the bears. Good, now it won't be long before we're home, said Joe. He flew on until they came to the flew over the enchanted wood and then landed in a field not far from it. Everyone jumped out. That was a most exciting adventure, said Franny, but I do hope we never see Dame Snap again. Oh, quick, catch the clock, said Beth. It's trying to climb out of the plane and it will fall. Dong, 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 said the clock, and it slid to the ground. We'll have to rush home now, said Joe, picking up his shovel. Goodbye, Silky. Goodbye, Moonface. See you soon. Beth, bring the goat, and Franny and I will shoo the hens in front of us. They left the aeroplane for Moonface and Silky to do what they liked with and set off home. And dear me, how astonished their mother was to see the green-winged hens, the snow-white goat and the fine garden shovel.
You must have been to the Enchanted Wood, she said. Oh, we've been much further than that, said Joe. And they certainly had, hadn't they? <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Well, at least they escaped, because I don't think I would have liked to have stayed at that school. Fancy locking children up in cupboards and little tiny rooms with no windows. It's a good job they have the clock, isn't it? <laughs> oh my goodness me. I am, I hope you all enjoyed the story. I am going to work now and later on after I get back from work and after my children get back from school we are going to have a little tea party for Ronan for his birthday so we will watch see whether he blows out the candles or just tries to touch them <laughs> but we won't let him I promise so why don't you come back tomorrow for another fun fact and another story I think we'll do a different kind of story um than we've done so let's see let's see how I feel eh but of course if you have any suggestions please feel free we don't want to uh you know me to just take all the decisions you have to make them as well and also don't forget if you've got any facts that you know that you think are very very interesting message me and let me know because I might not know them so they might be very very interesting to me so, all in all, you have the most wonderful, wonderful day and I will see you all again tomorrow. Until then, make sure you enjoy yourself, make sure you're good. Most of all, make sure you take care and stay safe. <laughs> Bye for now.